Age of the Geek, baby. We run the world. Make it so. I got a bad feeling about this. Good evening, Dave. Everything's running smoothly, and you? I see you shiver with anticipation. Hey, 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 everybody. It's another episode of Davis and Compendium. And like a couple weeks ago, I have been doing the top ten movies. Uh, movies that are worth watching again that have aged well, and some that have not. Well, I went through the coffers of comic book resources, and I found yet another article. And this is uh, 10 superhero movies from the 2000s that have aged well, and 10 that have not. Now again, this is kind of like the 80s, where it goes good, bad, good, bad, good, bad, alternating. So bear with me when I go through this. Number 10 for the aged well... Batman Begins, 2005. Christopher Nolan's first Batman movie was critically praised for its realistic approach to the world. It also resonated with fans who were desperately trying to forget the days of George Clooney in the costume. While other Batman movies centered around uh, eccentric villains, Batman Begins explored who Bruce really is. Bruce blamed the city of Gotham for his parents' tragic end, but instead of delivering vengeance, he strived to bring hope. He wanted to clean up Gotham from its dark inside until it didn't need him anymore. To do this, he turned to fear, the city's number one currency against criminals. This movie had only improved since 2005, saying as the best and arguably the only Batman film with a fully explored Bruce Wayne narrative. Number 10 on the worst, Catwoman from 2004. In 1993, after Batman Returns, development on a Catwoman movie began with Michelle Pfeiffer, lined up to reprise the role. The film was stuck in developmental hell for years, but eventually got some traction and Halle Berry was cast. Unfortunately, the movie is complete nonsense. It gives Catwoman no characterization and is essentially a 104-minute long uh, exhibition on absurdity. Unfortunately, it does not get better with age. All the problems it had in 2004 are now amplified as more people are educated on the feminist theory of male gaze, which is designed to examine the reason for gender inequality over the years. Number nine on the aged well is The Incredibles from 2004. 
Before 20th Century Fox brought Fantastic Four to the big screen, Brad Bird and the Pixar Animation Studio uh, perfected the superhero family movie with The Incredibles. The movie is funny, heartwarming, and exciting, boasting some of the best action sequences of the decade. The family dynamic in The Incredibles is, dare I say, incredible. Bird made each character a unique individual, which made the film relatable to both kids and parents. The adults have really, uh, or have real conversations, and the kids feel like equal or actual people, not overacted versions of kids. As the decades went on, it uh, became clear The Incredibles was a definitive superhero family movie, which is still true today. If you want to track the movie's relevance, just look at the box office numbers for its sequel. Number nine on the worst movies is Hancock from 2008. Hancock is an original superhero story starring Will Smith, Charlize Theron, and Jason Bateman. It centers around a super-powered immortal vagabond named Hancock, who often has heroic intentions that are overshadowed by his carelessness. Hancock employs Bateman's character to help with his public image in hopes that one day he will be viewed as a hero. This movie sounds good, so what went wrong? Hancock finds out he's he isn't alone in the world. Theron's character reveals to him that they are the last of their kind. This interesting thread, which should have been the crux of the movie, is diminished by a lame twist. Like, their proximities to each other decrease their powers. Much like a hangover... Hancock will leave you with a headache and a sore stomach. Number eight on the great movies that aged well. We go with Blade 2 from 2002. The special effects of Guillermo del Toro's Blade 2 have allowed it to age well. It shouldn't be a surprise as del Toro films are known for their exceptional costumes, and practical effects. This movie works well as a popcorn comic book film packed with action scenes that stayed true to its twisted tones. Blade may be the titular character in this movie, but the true stars are the Reapers, a mutation of the vampire that don't share all the weaknesses regular vampires have. We will never forget the first time a reaper opened its chin down the middle to grab onto its prey. This movie still gives us chills, which is a testament of how well it holds up. 
This movie also features a character named Scud that was portrayed by Norman Reedus. It still had Chris Christopherson in it, but you have Norman Reedus and you have Ron freaking Perlman. You can't get it any better than having those two characters. So, number eight on the did not age well, then got worse. A movie I kind of liked from 2008, The Spirit. After co-directing the 2005 success, Spin or Sin City, Frank Miller decided he could try tackling a comic book film on his own. In 2008, he wrote and directed The Spirit, based on the character created by Will Eisner. The movie displayed a similar look and tone to Sin City, but was a huge box office bomb. At the time, the movie was visually striking and came at somewhat of a shock that people were not lined up to hand over their mind. However, the characters of this movie are about as deep as a puddle, lacking any semblance of human emotion. The novelty of the stylized shot in this film wears off quick. Number seven on the aged well, probably one of my favorite M. Night Shyamalan movies from 2000, Unbreakable. Clear or Oscar-nominated director M. Night Shyamalan followed up his smash hit The Sixth Sense with the highly anticipated superhero origin film. However, the movie was not the monster box office success the studio had expected. The director's somber approach to both look and story left the audience feeling disappointed, resulting in many uh, neutral opinions. Perhaps the world was not ready for Unbreakable yet. Shumlan's directorial talents is on full display in this movie. He impressively frames the scenes to look like a comic book while telling a realistic origin story with the hidden sequel, Split, uh, being such a success and glass set to come out in 2019, many people are uh, revisiting Unbreakable with a pleasant surprise. Now, number seven on the worst is, again, a movie I kind of like. Push by, uh, from 2009. After Chris Evans was Johnny Storm in Fantastic Four, and before he was Captain America, he was the superhero alongside Dakota Fanning in the movie Push. The movie exists in its own superhero universe, where a number of people have psychic powers. It defines the nine types of psychic abilities in the world that reference characters by their respective categories. The three main powers are watchers, movers, and pushers. Watchers can see the future, movers have telekinesis, and 
pushers can put thoughts into someone's mind. On paper, the movie sounded really interesting. Unfortunately, it had or has a convoluted plot that is nearly impossible to piece together. Nowadays, flashy visuals are not enough to carry a movie. It still must have substance as well. Now, number six on the aged well, Hulk from 2003. A year after Spider-Man took the world by storm, the viewing public, now with superhero movie expectations, rushed to the theater to see Ang Lee's Hulk on opening day. Unfortunately, the movie was criticized for a fake-looking Hulk in lack of smashing. Now, this movie is far, and I do mean far, from the Marvel films we get today. But we think of an excellent deconstruction of Hulk. There's zero in the real issue Bruce Banner faces with the monster inside of him. It's absolute, or it also explores themes of dysfunctional father-son relationships and the repercussion that follows. It is essential or especially relevant today, as Universal Studios is rebooting their classic monster movies. When it comes time for The Wolfman, they should look at the Hulk for inspiration. Now, on the flip side, number six of the Got Worse is The Incredible Hulk from 2008. Let's start by pointing out the obvious reasons this movie got worse over time. In all subsequent Marvel Cinematic Universe films, Bruce Banner is played by Mark Ruffalo, not Edward Norton, who played him in this movie. The Incredible Hulk is the second film to be part of the MCU, and at the time was not regarded as measuring up to Iron Man, but it was certainly seen as an adequate entry into the universe. However, the movie doesn't explore the repressed monster like Ang Lee's film does, which leaves little need to revisit it. And it's true, you really don't need it. With each movie the MCU releases, The Incredible Hulk is even farther forgotten. I mean, how many movies have we seen Mark Ruffalo as Bruce Banner? And if I'm not mistaken, in The Hulk, it's not even Bruce Banner, it's David Banner. But that's a different story for a different day. Number five on the aged well is Hellboy 2, The Golden Army from 2008. While the first installment of the Hellboy franchise had a dark and gritty tone, similar to the comic, the sequel dove deeper into the fantasy world. The magic had a cosmic uh, poise is the, or a comic 
possesses the ability to tell the dark fantasy tale through incredible, likable characters, director Guillermo del Toro hit all the points hard in Hellboy to the Golden Army. He made the characters more charismatic and visually more imaginative than the first film. Again, another Del Toro film has aged well because of the incredible-looking practical effects. Before the new Hellboy movie came out in 2019, you should give uh, the 2018 sequel a rewatch. I should say before you watch the 2019 remake, since it's already out, since we're in 2020. Again, these articles are all from uh, 2018, so bear with the age of the article. But number five on the Got Worse, Ghost Rider from 2007. Whether you liked Ghost Rider in 2007 or not, one thing is certain, the movie did not age well. We love Nicolas Cage as much as the next movie fan, but he does not work as Johnny plays in this film. There is nothing about the characters on screen that is likable, which is a major problem in a superhero story. There is also an issue with the CGI of Ghost Rider in this film. As it goes on, it continues to look worse. Character has a flaming skull forehead, which should be pretty scary, but the CGI makes it look cartoony instead. This movie never comes together and has only declined over the years. Now, number four on the got better or aged well, I should say, is X Men 2 X Men United from 2003. After the success of X-Men in 2000, the question wasn't, will there be a sequel? The question was, will the sequel be any good? Not only is the sequel better than the original, it still holds up today as one of the best installments in the franchise. Inspired by the uh, original graphic novel, God loves, man kills. The story continues to stress the divide between the mutant race and the human race. The movie seamlessly teams up the villains from the first movie with the heroes to defeat a greater evil. This is done so well. Not or we never even stop to question the likelihood of the incompatible teams working. X-Men 2, X-Men United, is a fantastic film and still sits as one of the best superhero films ever. I will say that out of all the X-Men films, and this includes the three Wolverine films, this is probably one of the better ones that has <clears throat> been out recently. Now, flip that. Number four on the worst is 
X-Men Last Stand from 2006. Following up the box office and critical success of X2, the franchise released its third installment. The movie is so concerned with throwing in as many character cameos as possible, it fails to hit the emotional beat of the first two movies. The movie held in low regard so much that when X-Men Days of Future Past effectively started a new time stream that greatly diminished the emotional overcome of this film, fans were not upset. They were pleased with 11 movies in the franchise, with two more being released next year. Well, not next year. They're talking about um, Dark Phoenix and I think um, Apocalypse was still due out. But with more to come, uh, there's no reason to revisit X-Men Last Stand. Number three on the aged well, Iron Man from 2008. The first movie in the actual Marvel Cinematic Universe is still one of the best. Iron Man set its stage for all the following Marvel movies, establishing that these films would be intelligent and fun, just like the source material. One of the biggest criticisms across many of the Marvel movies is the lack of compelling villains. A number of films in the universe simply present villains in one dimension uh, with little cause for the destructive nature. This is the reason why Iron Man has aged so well. The villain, uh, Odious Stain, is one of MCU's best. If you are looking to revisit some MCU films before the next Avengers movie, give Iron Man a rewatch. Number three on the Got Worse. It's a movie that I thought was fair when it came out, and I haven't rewatched it since, what, 20. Well, it came out in 2005, so probably 2010, maybe? And. I'm talking about Elektra. Elektra is not a good movie. It wasn't a good movie in 2005. And it still isn't a good movie now. What makes it even worse in 2018 is the incredible portrayal of Elektra by uh, Elodie Young in the Netflix Daredevil show. And Jennifer Gardner's proof that she can carry an action flick like she does a peppermint, making us look back on Elektra and think of what could have been. There is no question Gardner could have carried the movie. We all know Elektra can be a compelling character, as Jung has showed us on Daredevil. What we are lacking is a better script with a focused plot. We shouldn't be surprised if Gardner makes her return to Marvel 
after her uh, outstanding performance in Peppermint. Next, uh, number two on the Aged Well is Spider-Man 2 from 2004. Sam Raimi made some ambitious choices in 2004's follow-up to the box office behemoth of Spider-Man. He chose the villain of the movie to be Dr. Octopus and gave him the signature four mechanical tentacles we are used to seeing from the comics. The visuals should be outdated by now. Just look at The Matrix Reloaded from one year earlier. However, due to Raimi's combination of practical and computer effects, the tentacles look incredible and truly do hold up today. This movie also uh, poises as the tentacles are slowly driving the doctor mad as they deviously take over his mind, making the villain a compelling, uh, sympathetic character, if you will. Combine that with Peter Parker's arc, and we really do get a great comic book movie. Move on to number two on the worst is Spider-Man 3 from 2007. Spider-Man 3 suffers from the classic movie downfall on trying to shove too many villains into a two-hour movie. The movie has three villains, and it makes the mistake with all of them. First, it neutralizes Green Goblin. Then, it retcons Sandman as a guy who shot Ben Parker in the family. Or and finally, it wastes Spider-Man's greatest foe, Venom, with limited screen time. This movie ended the franchise, which was cruising until this time. Watching it back now, it's disheartening as it starts out so well with the Green Goblin sequence. But by the time Tobey Maguire is singing at the jazz club... We wonder what happened to the movie. I mean, come on, emo Spidey? Yeah, no. Number one on movies that aged well. From 2008, The Dark Knight Rises. This movie proved to film studios that a superhero can be taken seriously as a piece of art. There were a lot of people who felt the movie deserved a Best Picture nomination at the Oscars, and in response, the Academy expanded the category the following year to include more films. Obviously, The Dark Knight was in high regard in 2008, but looking back on the film with Article 2018, remember, 2018 eyes, it's even better. The movie set the tone for the worlds of DC films, and although it's not part of the shared universe, it is clearly heavily influenced. Think of how much better that universe of films would be if this was the official induction. Now the number one 
of films that got worse over time. X-Men Origins Wolverine from 2009. X-Men Origins Wolverines was such a disappointment that there have been two movies to attempt to erase it from the timeline. First was X-Men Days of Futures Past, where a time-traveling storyline retconned the events of the movie. The second attempt on erasing it from the timeline was a recent Deadpool 2, which had a mid-credit scene that shows Ryan Reynolds showing up or using time-traveling to end the highly criticized uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine uh, depiction of Deadpool. With every passing X-Men film, this movie becomes more and more irrelevant. The CGI effects are outdated. Wolverine's claws look goofy, although Hugh Jackman does his best with the role. He has many other X-Men films far better than this. Only the person who really loves this movie are re-watching this movie. And that's it. That's the 20 superhero films from the 2000s. I will say Losers is a great movie. I think it holds up real nice. It has Chris Evans. It has uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. It has... Oh, I'm forgetting the other two bigger name people in it. But you should check out The Losers. Um, that's a great movie. There's a lot of movies that came out in the 2000s that were superhero movies that should be added to this list. Movies that should be added to it that should not, <laughs> did not age well. Uh, what was that? Crow Wicked Prayer. That's the fourth Crow installation with David Boreanaz, Terry, or Tara Reid, and Ed Furlong. That one, no, zilch, uh, kill it. Um, you had Sin City 2, which wasn't as big of a hit as the original Sin City. Um, you had Blade Trinity, which had the Midnight Society in it, which... Ryan Reynolds and uh, Jessica Biel. You also had him go up against uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley and um, Lincoln from Prison Break because he played the big bad vampire. You have a lot of movies is what I'm trying to say. And some of them were good, some of them were bad. Some of them are bad when they came out, so I highly doubt that they aged well. They have some that were pretty good when they came out, and they just aged phenomenally. Uh, one that did not age that well is Daredevil. And it swore Ben Affleck from taking on a caped crusader-type role until Batman came around. And then we've fallen to Batman. <laughs> so, irregardless, that's my standpoint on that. I'm not doing any soapboxes on this episode, but I want you guys to let me know what movies in the 2000s that were superhero movies that you guys really like, that you think uh, stand the test of time if I were to watch it today. What movies 
did not stand the test of time and that I should not waste my time to watch? These are the questions I'm asking. These are the questions I would like answered. So with that being said, and now for some housekeeping, you can follow me at Dave the Nerd underscore DNC on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Dave's Nerd Compendium. Email me at dave.the.nerd.dnc at gmail.com. And if you feel like contributing to Dave's Nerd Compendium to make it something special, feel free at patreon.com slash Dave the Nerd. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Tuned In, Podbean, Podknife, Spotify, and many other great podcast catchers. A special thanks goes out to Pod Bros for giving us our start. And you can find new episodes and blogs at either DaveNC.com or DavesNerdCompendium.Podian. That's P-O-D-I-A-N-T dot C-O. Overload. Pleasure overload. Tonight. Same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try to take over the world.